It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Sunday with postgame show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app. America's top-rated sportsbook app at just $1 on any NFL game this week. Get $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. I didn't think there would be a point scored in this game for a while. Sun Devils drop. Uh, one of the most disappointing things I've seen in person, 51-29 to 29 to Washington State at home. Today I'm joined by Frank Burleson, uh, touted uh, U.S. basketball writer. Uh, Frank, thank you so much for joining me, and sorry this was the game you had to watch. Well, I, I, I don't want to confess something, but I did not watch a second of it. I, I followed <laughs> along on, on my apps, but I didn't watch the game. I'm busy. I, I co-run a tournament in late high school tournament in late December. I'm kind of working on some stuff for that program, and getting allies will be in your neck. I think I don't know if your mom told you I'm going to be in your neck of the woods next week for the um, for that hoop hall West and Chaparral. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaparral High from uh, Wednesday through Saturday. So, like I say, I'll be there for four days watching, um, you know, obviously the top regular high schools and prep schools in Arizona, as well as a lot of the uh, better programs uh, throughout the country. So, yeah, uh, well, it's probably for the best that you weren't able to see this uh, in person or live in general. Uh, there was a point in the first half where no team scored a point for seven minutes. Uh, ASU shot around 8% from the three-point line. At one point, I think they finished shooting 12% from the free-throw line. 11 for 55 from the field overall, 20% total. Uh, only six assists for the Sun Devils tonight. Only eight for Washington State. Just overall ugly. Um, before this game, from a public perception and an outside looking in, what is ASU like from your standpoint? What do you think about this team? Well, I, I think like um... – like a lot of programs in college basketball, uh, especially, you know, on the Pac-12, the, the power conference level, if you will, uh, with, with the advent of guys going to, you know, turning pro as quickly as they can. And now with the, uh, with the NCAA transfer portal, where basically, you know, you have the opportunity to just stop and leave if you're not happy with your playing time or any of your circumstances. Yeah. So ASU is like a, like a lot of the program, a lot of programs uh, losing key guys, a couple, you know, Jalen house. We saw what he did last night. Uh, if you noticed yeah. what he did uh, for New Mexico, going, in, going into Las Cruces and he's had a tremendous season. And um, so I get uh, Arizona state's like a lot of programs where you're losing. It's not only losing a lot of quality guys, 
through transfer or in Josh Christopher's case, going pro, uh, going to the NBA. But also now you have to, you know, there's, uh, there aren't a whole lot of really, really elite pro uh, players around, you know, in the spring that high school players that you could find and they're going to make a big, big difference. So, you know, player uh, programs that lose players to the transfer portal have to go back into that same transfer portal uh, and, and get players. So it's kind of a, a scramble situation when you're looking in May, June, and August, where coaches are trying to. Um, you know, uh, rebuild their roster with, with kind of transfer. So now you're going to this, even though some of these players are 21, 22 years old, you know, you still got to adapt to a new program and, and new, um, a new system and new coach and everything. So again, I think ASU, like a lot of programming, uh, you know, look at the university of Oregon, obviously they've had a little bit more success, but look at the, who would have ever dreamed that you'd see a Dana Altman team, you know, take that, take a couple sh- uh, shellackings like they did last week to, I think it was what Houston and St. Mary's and beating BYU by losing to BYU by yeah. 35, 36 points at home. So again, it's not a situation that's unique to ASU. And I think uh, you can all get anybody who follows college basketball, writes about it, or talks about it for a living. You, you kind of learn early that um, I was talking about this with a couple of people that you learn early that you don't want to, uh, to overreact one way or another positively or negatively about things you see in, in November or, or uh, yeah. December, I mean, look at look at you know Friday night, uh, you know Duke and Paulo Banchero and their whole crew, Mark Williams and those guys going and be you know arguably the best team, maybe the best team in the country in Gonzaga. Yeah. You know everybody's you know talking about Banchero being the one pick and you know Shashevsky's going to go out with a national championship and boom, uh, what four days later, three days later they go in and uh, and lose to a Ohio State team after a big lead that it struggled. Yeah. So again, college basketball, uh, you know, more so than almost any of the major sports on the college level, is very um, you know, you know, when you're dealing with a three and a half four month season. There's a lot of ebbs and flows, and ideally, you know, as Bob Hurley and his staff and everybody else, you want to hopefully be peaking by, uh, you know, January and February, you know, certainly into January and February. And the other thing I think, you know, not to brag this, but one thing you notice is, I mean, uh, back in the days when your mom and I and a whole lot of people were covering college basketball in the 90s, uh, and even later, you know, the idea that conference games would start in, 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 in a couple of occasions in November and November 1st, you, you never you never dreamed that was possible. You know, the second half of November and all of December and early January was the only conference games where, you know, teams could work out a, a, a lot of their issues, uh, lack of experience or, or, or things like that. And now you're, you're, you're because of the expanded conferences and uniqueness of um, – conference schedule due to TV and stuff like that. You know, they're turning around and playing conference games, yeah. you know, barely three well, weeks into the season. Yeah, look, stuff can stuff can definitely change. And that's what I've kind of been preaching um, to Sun Devils fans uh, after a rough start for the Sun Devils. Obviously, five straight isn't great. Um, but the thing I can't get past is how much talent this team has and how much talent teams of Bobby Hurley's have had in the past in general. Um, and the inability to create their own offense – whether it be during a fast break even, but especially in half-court sets. We saw it tonight. There was just no flow. There's nothing. There hasn't been a single go-to play or anything that the Sun Devils have been able to do, and tonight was the worst of it. 
yeah. when you have a team that has almost no flow on offense, what is the fix? Where do you go to? Is it is it purely coaching, or is it because there's only three returning guys? What's the main reason that you think? Well, I, I think you hit upon it, uh, Shane. You know, only three returning guys, and you look at uh, you know Christopher Verge. Uh, uh, Remy Martin, you know, another mm-hmm. guy who was, you know, you forget he was a four, you know, nobody forgets. I mean, you don't forget that he was a four year yeah. high quality college player. Now you lose those guys. I mean, even, you, you know, look, okay, here's, here's a good example. Again, a uh, different level of, I, I guess, disappointment right now, but I was just glancing, you know, uh, University of Memphis lost to Georgia, you know, with their supposed, you know, the great Amani Bates and Jalen Durans, who's very good, and yeah. the great Anthony Hardaway and his staff of, you know, Larry Brown and Rashid Wallace. And, and they're struggling. I mean, George is going to be in the bottom three or four teams and the conference. So, again, uh, yeah, sure, talent, future pros, all those things are great. But, again, the cohesiveness and the continuity uh, on both ends of the floor – doesn't come necessarily just through an influx of talent or the presence of talents. It becomes, you know, guys working together, finding the right system and implementing the right things that, that, that lead to uh, successful offense and successful defense. And again, you know, Bobby Hurley and his staff, I mean, Hurley's been at it a long time and it has some good teams and I'm sure he won't panic. I'm sure his staff won't panic. I mean, because the last thing you want to do is kind of build a game plan in the off season in terms of, what you would hope to do offensively and defensively, philosophically. And then you just don't, you just can't scrap it because you struggle for two or three games, even, you know, uh, when you went, when you're as, as offensively challenged as yeah. the Devils were tonight. So again, you know, I, I, again, I, I think this is a team like, again, like, uh, you know, Oregon, you know, I allude back to Oregon. I mean, Dane Altman's not suddenly going to change what he believes in his coach because, you know, he's got a bunch of new guys who aren't meshing right now. He has to say, okay, let's, maybe fine tune a few things, but, you know, uh, work harder in practice, you know, build, build on a fundamental base and get guys, uh, uh, you know, a drill, 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 as they say, and get cohesive. So again, uh, ASU not where they want to be, not where anybody who follows them and, and where Bobby Hurley wants them to be, but, you know, let's see in a couple of weeks and, you know, uh, let's see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, I think you know, Shane, when you look at it and again, I, I've discussed this with your mother and a lot of people who, who follow this toward up again. Uh, again, was the Pac-12 outstanding in, you know, the NCAA tournament? Oh, yeah, it was, you know, nothing quite like anything that the conference has done since maybe the mid-90s or something within the conference. But, again, this is still the same conference. This is UCLA, which people were anointing the biggest challenger to Gonzaga, you know, yeah. the last four months. But that was the same team that was – went into the NCAA tournament with four consecutive losses and was down by eight or 10 to Michigan State and was probably a, a missed free throw or two by Michigan State away from going out in the first, you know, that Tuesday night or Wednesday night game. And, and suddenly now, instead of call, referring to him, and I joke with uh, uh, Mick Cronin about this all the time, the summer, and, he, you know, he, he, he understands rally. Instead of being called, you know, instead of getting a, a great extension and being called, you know, the, the closest things to John Wooden since John Wooden, you know, now they're they're getting ready to shove them out the door. So it's a it's a funny sport. And, and I think the, the, the sound coaches realize you can't get too high or too low and just kind of uh, do your best on a daily basis yeah. uh, on and off the court to do what you have to do to get better. 
Yeah, look, I think tonight was definitely an outlier for, I mean, both teams. Uh, Washington State's averaging around 83 points a game, and they didn't shoot the ball particularly well, obviously, in that first half either. Uh, ASU is not going to shoot 20% from the field uh, consistently. It's just not going to happen. And their offense has been struggling prior to this, so that's a little bit of cause for concern. But as you said, as I've been saying, it's about who gets hot at the end of the year, and that's really all that matters. The concerning thing, however, was the atmosphere uh, here. Um, at Desert Financial, uh, things go bad. And even prior to the game being started, there wasn't the greatest crowd. Uh, and after ASU goes down early and nobody wants to see every consistent misses, nobody wants to see a seven-minute scoreless, stre scoreless stre stretch in a game, excuse me. But at the same point, you shouldn't be booing a team that's trying to get on the right track. I feel like ASU fans have already given up on this team. Um, and some of the players are starting to reflect it as well uh, again and again I, i've been you know you've grown up there all your life and you know we kid about tucson and, and again the the metropolitan phoenix tempe you know scottsdale i mean gilbert i mean there's that's there's a whole lot of things to do for entertainment like in southern california yeah. and it, if you think back to the you know look at the crowds sc football has had you know especially this year when they were struggling uh uh you know, not every town, not every city is like, uh, you know, with with a team professionally or college-wise through thick or thin. It just doesn't happen. I mean, and certainly Southern California, even with the great SC football and great UCLA basketball teams, I mean, it was a, it was a year or two that UCLA was getting 3,500 people losing to Cal State Fullerton. So uh, I get it. You know, most a lot of fans or supposed fans or followers – are front runners. And, and again, I, I don't think anybody's ever accused Arizona state of having the most hardcore loyal yeah. uh, basketball fans of all time uh, either. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. The, the most disappointing part uh, in the night, uh, Marion Jackson, who's supposed to be the leader of this team, who I have had really high hopes for Mac player of the year last year, averaged around almost 20 points, six assists and six rebounds. Um, had a tough night. He's had a tough start to the season. In general, only had one game where he was over 15 points. Um, tonight, he sat on the bench until the 13-minute mark of the second half after starting the first half. Uh, came in, didn't really give the best effort, and then was taken out of the game almost immediately by Hurley. I followed his – my eyes followed him to the bench, and um, Hurley's definitely a hard ass on his players, and I get that, but not even a high five or a word was exchanged. Uh, it just gives me uh, memories of Remy Martin last year when things got rough with the team chemistry. And I'm just hoping that this team doesn't fall off chemistry wise too early in the year. I mean, that, that's, that's, that, that will be the, that will tell the tale, as they say, I mean, you know, look at, look at, look at, again, you know, I hate to keep bringing this back to other programs, but what's going on with Arizona state this early in the season is in a new unique situation. You look at Memphis, you look at, uh, yeah. You know, you look at uh, again the university. There's no uh, when I tell you this, there is nobody who's a better coach than Nate Altman yeah. in terms of every aspect of basketball, including the ability to mesh a lot of newcomers and, and players from different styles of play and different backgrounds. And they're struggling right now. Uh, so again, uh, I, I think you know December first is certainly for any program. It's too early to, to 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 make too much of a judgment, you know, one way or another. Again, you know, if if, if 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 people again, we were talking about Duke. You know, if you if you watch that game against Gonzaga, you're thinking, oh my goodness, 
And then lo and behold, you know, Ohio State team that had lost two or three tight games. Yeah. Uh, special competition, you know, beats them again. You know, again, we're talking about guys who are 18 to 21 years and old. And, and those players have those highs and lows. My guess is even though there was a nice crowd at Ohio State and it's a traditionally outstanding program, there's just no way in heck that, you know, all those players were as focused and driven and pumped up for Ohio State as they were uh, for Gonzaga Friday night in Las Vegas. Definitely. Um, well, before we go any further, uh, I think the line on this game was two and a half by Washington State. I almost guarantee the under hit on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Um, if you guys uh, want, I think that, that as you pointed out, I think uh, <laughs> that the, the giddy people, it, 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 either in the building or, or watching the game or or, or in the little uh, gambling chat rooms, I mean, they're they're just a you know somebody somebody who had some insight. Yeah. This just wasn't going to be an our offensive yeah. powerhouse. Is probably high five and everybody and their mother right now. Yeah, I can't imagine having the over in this game. Um, if you want to bet on a college basketball game like this or anything else on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, download that today using that promo code PHNX when you sign up. You bet just $1 on any NFL game. You get $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Uh, don't bet on ASU to score more than their team totals, I would say, in the next couple games until they get right. Um, but it's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. It's a DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem called 1-800 Next Step. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. That brings us to the lyric of the game. This is how I was feeling the entire night. I told the fans I would sing. I would start to sing uh, on these shows, but I'm not going to um, tonight because it's just too somber in this arena. The lyric of the night tonight comes from uh, a Jack Harlow song. Um, the lyric of the night is as simple as this. Just turn off the lights. Uh, that would have been a lot better viewing-wise for this ASU-Washington State game. Uh, just not very fun for the fans. There were a couple guys uh, behind me uh, screaming positive things, but for the most part, um, there was a lot of ex- uh, expletives yet being yelled toward Hurley tonight. Um, hey, which, hey, hey uh, Shane, I, I'm guessing I know one man that was quite happy with the results of the game tonight. Who's that? Um, hmm. maybe a Washington State grad that you might be familiar with. Yes, my father, I would assume so. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yep, I definitely think he, he would have been, um, I don't know, he might have bet the over. You never know with, with what he's doing. <laughs> Good um, point. Good point. Yeah, uh, so let's look, I'll break down some player stats, individuals, just so the people know how bad this was from an individual perspective. I bet the, I, I would say the only person that had, uh, a reasonable, okay performance was DJ Horn tonight. He was the leading scorer for the Sun Devils. Five for 13 from the field with 12 points. He scored the first five points of the game, I believe, for the Sun Devils with a three and a layup. Uh, Marion Jackson, as I mentioned, was just nowhere to be found. Two points, one for 10 shooting, only a couple of assists. Uh, Jalen Graham only shot the ball one time, which you'd expect more from as he should be one of the focal points of this offense. He got the start tonight uh, before Gaffney and Boachi came in for him. Speaking of Gaffney, he was one for eight from the field, two points. Jermaine O'Neal, one for eight from the field, two points. And Kamani Lawrence, two for three from the field with six points. I, I, not the best. I don't have the box in front of me. What were they from three-point range? Um, they were, I believe, 11%. Uh, let me pull it up real fast. Uh, it, it was horrendous. At one point, they were shooting 8.7% from beyond the arc. Um, I think they put up around 22 threes tonight. Let me try to find this. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. Again, a lot of times, you know, t- 
teams are you know uh, struggling to score and they start settling for yeah. shots and you kind of com- compounds the issues so i just wondered if it was a situation they just couldn't get good shots or were they taking bad shots or yeah. shots or quick shots without you know getting the ball from side to side or well we got it in bunches there was all those going tonight it was it, it was painful. They were three for twenty six from the three point line. Yeah, thanks, David. Uh, which is eleven point five percent. That's yeah. not what we call proficient at all. No, um, a lot of shots. Uh, this this team looked like it would be a team that lives and dies by the three early in the year. Now I just think it dies from the three point line. It doesn't do much, uh, even when it's hitting, because the the fast paced offense can't really work when you're hoisting up threes. The there wasn't as many quick trigger threes tonight as we'd seen in the first five games. Uh, but a couple, probably about five to six threes were because the shot clock was expiring. And yeah. that's when you got the booze from the crowd. Uh, I remember there was an Alonzo Gaffney air ball at the buzzer and uh, one possession and uh, was not well received from the crowd. So, yeah, not a, not not the best showing for Arizona State from beyond the arc, uh, and not the best showing for Washington State either. As I said, they only shot the ball thirty percent from the field. If you hold a team to fifty nine points, you would expect to to at least be close. Uh, to drop this one fifty one to twenty nine. What what did Washington State shoot from the field? Uh, thirty percent, eighteen for fifty nine. Yeah, uh, I mean, from, that's... from the three point line, they're seven for twenty four. Yeah, again, that's uh, you know my little superficial analysis. Uh, it's not tough to figure out where the issues were. Yeah. 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 yeah defensively, the, you, you hold, you hold anybody to 30%, uh, regardless of what, um, and you don't turn it over a great number of times, uh, which leads to high percentage shots, then you would expect to, that you're going to be relative, reasonably successful, not lose by uh, 20, 20 plus points or whatever it ended up yeah. being. Yeah, 21-point loss. Uh, 15 turnovers for each team on the night. The defense wasn't terrible. Um, as I said, I mean, obviously holding a team to 30% from the field should should say something about the defense, but uh, it really it really didn't. A lot of unforced errors for Washington State. Uh, a lot of open threes that were missed. Uh, just overall not the best performance. ASU is back on um, Saturday again – or Sunday, excuse me, at 5 p.m. Um, at, on the road uh, at Oregon. Um, so we're talking about Oregon. We'll see how that. Yeah, goes. Yeah, that, that's that will be uh, you know one of those again still too early to say pivotal games, yeah. uh, but two teams that obviously are struggling to um, find their identities, uh, and in Arizona State's case, you know, find some offensive production and and uh, uh, stability. Yeah, absolutely. This going on the road, getting kind of a gut check to see if his team um, can perform. I have no doubt that the players on this team will rally together and at least put forth effort on uh, on Sunday. Uh, this team has had given up, uh, and I've seen some people say that uh, it just isn't the case. The, it, it's a well coached team for the most part, from a motivation standpoint. Um, on offense, their sets are still yet to be seen. Uh, but I feel like it, again, is just a product of so many players being new to this roster. The big one on Thursday of next week, GCU comes to ASU for the first time. Uh, if the Sun Devils lose that game, I guarantee there will be a lot more fans for that game, uh, more from GCU, I would assume. If the Sun Devils lose that game in a uh, ugly fashion, uh, there's going to be some things to be said about this team from the from the fan base. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. Again, it, uh, again, um, 
you know, the last thing, uh, you know, and I don't want to speak for coaches, but the last thing as a coach and a staff is you don't want to panic or get so frustrated that uh, you lose your team. And I'm, I'm sure that Coach Hurley and his staff are thinking, okay, uh, you know, what do we got to do to get these guys from hanging their uh, hanging their heads and getting frustrated mm-hmm. and, you know, having the same kind of reaction as from what you were saying as some of the fans are where you're just kind of, uh, where they're kind of emotionally, some of the fans are ready to toss in the towel. Again, you know, we're three plus weeks, give or take, into the season. Yep. And again, you know, you think back to, you know, UCLA, again, not that they're going to have that kind of miraculous run, but you think back to UCLA, uh, you know, a year ago or at this time and the way they were struggling and, and things like that. And again, you know, the good programs and the successful coaches realize that, you know, if you're the best team you can be in November or even December 1st, then, you know, maybe you don't have a whole lot of uh, your, your ceilings too low as a program. And uh, because, again, in, unless you're a team like uh, Gonzaga last year, uh, last season, where they had so much, you know, so many key guys back where mm-hmm. uh, the, not, the, the inability to have a, a spring and summer and fall, you know, workout schedule, uh, traditional uh, skills development workouts so because of the COVID thing, you know, it didn't impact, you know, but, uh, Baylor's an example. They were such a veteran team that while the Dukes and Carolinas and Kentucky's teams, which had, you know, a lot of newcomers, most, if not all, you know, a large percentage of those freshmen, those players weren't able to kind of learn the stuff, the, the day-to-day stuff in the gym that over the course of time in terms of, you know, building a fundamental base and understanding that, of what you have to do to be successful in college basketball. And that's why, you know, to me, obviously the COVID thing made it one of the most unique seasons in college basketball history. But the fact that you see a season where Duke, uh, Carolina, and Kentucky, you know, aren't in the NCAA tournament, you know, that's – Says something for sure. Flabbergasting, yeah. Yeah, well, bottom line for the Sun Devils fans and anybody looking outside on this team, uh, technically, technically, this was the start of Pac-12 play, but it's not the traditional start of Pac-12 play. As after Oregon, they have three out-of-conference games. Look, if this was January, um, there'd be definitely more cause for concern. Uh, it's ugly right now, but there's a lot of time to get right. You almost have an entire month before you have a, a talented U- USC team on the road uh, on New Year's Eve or the day before New Year's Eve, excuse me. So there's a lot of time to get right for the Sun Devils team. Um, they, they just need to figure out their identity and figure out what they're doing best. I would like to see personally more uh, fast-paced offense. Uh, they, they, they tried to press earlier in this game. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. They'll pick up man sometimes. Sometimes they run yeah. like a nice 2-2-1, two, two, uh, and that helps the pace of play. But I genuinely think this team is best when they're on the run. Yeah, and again, you know, everybody wants to – you know, like they always say, everybody, you know, even the coaches would love to run and get high percentage shots mm-hmm. and get out of transition. But a lot of times those, oppor- those opportunities uh, don't uh, present themselves unless you, you know, you're making great defensive stops and you're clear, you're clearing every defensive rebound and you got guys running the legs. And again, and a lot of it is the other teams. I mean, uh, a team like Washington State, uh, you know, and Kyle Smith's, uh, a Randy Bennett guy, uh, you know, they have the same philosophy. They're not going to sell out their their defense by crashing two or three guys after missed shots. They're going to say, okay, we're going to execute, get the best shot we can, and do everything we can 
uh, to not allow easy shots and force you to score against our set half court defense. And uh, again, without seeing the game, you know, my guess is there weren't probably a whole lot of opportunities, even when Washington State was missing shots, uh, to get you know early transition opportunities. Yeah. You know, that's a factor too. Yeah. Well, uh, that's about all I got from. ASU standpoint, as I said, ASU is back on Sunday at 5 p.m. at Oregon. Um, they'll look to get their first win in six games. Uh, then definitely a big game for the Sun Devils. Thank you for joining us on the PHNX Sun Devils live show, post-game show, rather. Um, you can follow me at Shane D. If you can follow Frank Burleson at Frankie Burr on Twitter. You can follow PHNX Sun Devils show at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. Um, if you're listening on audio, leave a review. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a like and subscribe. Um, thanks again, and hopefully it gets better. Peace.